Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of X Rental, the video shop show that transports you back to the 90s. This happens to be our penultimate episode and also the uh, only episode we've recorded since we've released the podcast, which is very exciting for, I think, both of us. Ash, how are you, mate? I'm very, very good. I'm watching the numbers tick. Oh, tick by in their tens. Oh, oh baby. Oh, I'll tell you what. We're going to be thousandaires any day don't, now. <laughs> don't tell them how many people have bothered listening. No. That They'll switch off immediately. Um, we put a call to arms out uh, to the listeners. And with all the uh, voting integrity of a dictatorship, we've collated your responses. Um, we've looked through the figures. We've looked through the numbers. And a decision was made based on what our listeners suggested we should cover um, without, with little to no fanfare. Ash, could you tell us what was picked? What was picked was 1990s Ghost. I, Least in the didn't... UK on October 5th, 1990. The same month sees the reunification of East and West Germany. Green Day singer Billy Joe Armstrong drops out of school to pursue a career in mu- music. And uh, Arsenal beat Man United 1-0 in a match best remembered for the two sides beating seven shades of shit out of each other, resulting in multiple club fines and player suspensions. Um, There was something else that happened, but I figured given what's going on in the news at the moment, I'm not not touching out the 10-foot fucking barge pole. I mean, I don't know what it is because I'm not the most queued up man in in uh, history. What? Uh, But I, I assume it's that it was also my sixth birthday that week as well. Was it that? It was, yeah. Yeah, and that has caused enough hurt and strife in the world. So, Ghost. I'm going to lead it off because uh, I've seen this film tons of times. The reason why I think we we, we decided when looking at all of the viewers submit, uh, the listener submissions rather, uh, going through all of the um, suggestions, this one did pop up a couple of times. And it was also one that I suggested and you responded simply saying, I've not seen it, so it had to get picked. I was genuinely really, really shocked you had never seen this film before, given this the spooky subject matter. Listen, I knew that it was more about oh my love than it was about spooky spectres, and I'm right because I've seen it now, and it's all about feelings, and I don't like feelings. I like ghosts, and you know. I mean, there's it a pretty was, I mean, consistent ghost throughout the entire film. I'll tell you what, ghost representation in that film, perhaps only seconded by Ghostbusters, and even then, I think screen time wise, maybe the most ghosty film you've ever that's ever been made, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. and, and sort of almost annoyingly so in the first half an hour. <laughs> God, we get, like go through the door, bruv. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not hard. Did you? We'll just once we'll just hop straight the fuck into yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're, we're yeah winging this one, but yeah, like there's because it was one of the things that I hadn't. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. It was like a staple on Sky movies and and ITV and stuff like that through hmm. uh, through the nineties to mid two thousands before streaming really became a thing. Um, so I'd seen it tons of times before, but I hadn't seen it in a really really long time, and uh, I, I just was, couldn't believe the film pretty much grinds to a halt when Sam gets murdered until Odame turns up. And it's just like 40 minutes of ghosts fucking showboating. Like just random ghosts going, look, look what I can fucking do. And it grinds yeah. the film to a fucking halt. <laughs> well, I mean... Do you know what? Let's, let's go back. Let's go back, Brad. Let's go back. Let's go back. What did you think of the film, first of all? Because I want to know. Because... 
Oh, I can't read you. I can't read you I mean, anymore. I'm, I'm very good at keeping my cards close to my chest when it comes to these sort of things. So Except first when you and post foremost, about it on Letterboxd. Yeah, but I didn't. I made a point of not saying anything specific <laughs> on it to not curry favour with you either way. Um, so first thing I see is it's directed by Jerry Zucker. And I'm like... Jerry Zucker of the Zucker brothers. A, a Zucker boy. So I'm, I'm expecting, um, you know, topical gags and outdated racism. And I only get one of those things. There's no topical <laughs> gags at all. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's no topical gags at all, unfortunately. Um, but um, yeah, what did I think? Whoopi Goldberg is the MVP. She really makes this film watchable because Swayze, as usual, has all the charisma of a tin of Ronsil. Get fucked. You think he's got charisma in the, charisma not in this? <laughs> not, not. He doesn't have charisma in this. Nor right. does he have charisma in this. He has or charisma carpenter for that matter. He's got permanent Sunday morning Guinness shit face. Where he is so crap in this film. He's he so is. bad. And so's Demi Moore. The two like, leads. She. I mean, she. To be fair, she's got nothing she to goes, work with. But she also goes full on. Like she's great in the final three minutes when she goes full on. Nothing compares to you, Sinead O'Connor music video. With Staring the up at the light. Yeah, yeah. yeah with great, the glassy great eyes. in that. Fuck awful for the rest, but yeah. Um, she, she's got nothing. She's basically looking at nothing for the entire film and acting to nothing, although he yeah. is there. So I understand like how it, her performance may seem a little wooden because it's a bit awkward and difficult, but Swayze Man is absolute charisma vacuum in this film. But Whoopi Goldberg, MVP by a country mile. I, I would put Tony Tony Goldman up there also because that is one of the sweatiest performances I've ever seen of oh, seeing someone's shit just spiral out of their control. And fail to deal with it in any remotely appropriate way. He's fucking good in it. I mean, it's such a. I mean, if you just let's let's yeah, if you distill the film down into what it is, it is a shady investment banker siphoning millions off, getting caught out by his friend, and thinking the only logical standpoint to do from there is to have him assassinated. His friend also hadn't found him out at that point either. Well, yeah, he was on the trail. Was a, he even admitted it was a shit show to even try and figure it out. <laughs> so, but he's like, look, I like him. He's at that point, he's proactive. And he's like, right, I'm going to get ahead of this before it gets on top By of giving me. the greatest ever hit instructions ever. They're going to be in an alley in New York near Broadway. Near Broadway. Yeah. And they'll be like, he was like, have you seen Batman? Yeah, there. Do that. <laughs> do that again. <laughs> yeah, last year, the Batman one, do that. <laughs> do, do the Batman thing. Bruce Wayne, his parents. Uh, except shout just out, one of them. Shout, shout out to Willie. Terrifying Willy. name. Yeah, Willie the, the assassin. Willie Lopez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually quite like him. I think he's actually. A, a, it's really fun. A, there's, a loads better... of, there's loads of fun, like little, little bits and pieces that crop up throughout yeah. the entire film. Yeah, um, but overall, the overriding thing I got from it was, um, look, like this was what romance was deemed as. Like, I, I got no, I got, I was not emotionally invested in this anyway, and that's mainly because obviously, um, Swayze is like a piece of balsa wood in this film, a piece of driftwood. Like, I don't know why you'd feel any emotional attachment. He can't even say "I love you." He has to say "ditto," and the emotional denouement of her responding back to him with ditto. I was just like, ugh, screenwriting 101, terrible. That's one of my biggest issues with the film, is 
this is such a cop out as well. I'll hold my hands out and say that whenever some fucking prick turns up and goes, oh, well, do you know what I had an issue with? The fucking pacing. But in this film, I genuinely think the the editing and the pacing is a little bit out of step with itself. Um, Events happen either miles apart from each other or really close together, which leaves either like really big lulls or bursts of events. Uh, if it was 20 minutes shorter and with a reordering event, I think it would take... What I what I genuinely think, I do really like this film, warts and all, I have a good time watching this film, but I think that would take it up into banger status. But I also think, is my... I won't say... Love is a strong word. Is my affection, affection. for this... Is my affection for this film mainly kind of built on the fact that the demon sound design horrified me so fucking much as a child and still does to this day so that was one of my big questions demons what was your response when the demons first turned up in this so, film which had no other signs of horror barring he's a ghost <laughs> so um i watched it with long sufferer uh lily uh, who has watched this film numerous times and she turns to me before it happened and said this used to scare the shit out of me as a kid oh. Um, so then it happened and I was like, it's just shadow people. It's just shadows. It's just some, it's M shadows from Adventure Sevenfold. Um, it did, I can see as a six year old or a seven year old. It would more likely be the drummer now, wouldn't it? Oh, that one's saying it. That would be (laughs) great. (laughs) We'll probably keep that one in. Um, the Avenged Sevenfold fan. And they might do actually after last week's episode. Yeah. Bring all the goths out to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) This is this fucking mess. The goths are expecting, you know, the fucking professionalism. And yeah, I'm afraid not. Love the dark. (laughs) Will Gould is now long gone. I'm afraid we're no longer professional anymore without. That's taking the piss out of things. Uh, it's naff. Oh, they but... do look, they look shit, but the sound design's great. That noise is horrible. It's good. It's good. I mean, like, there are death metal singers that can do scarier stuff. Oh, Will Ramos. That... Oh, he's a. Oh, they're shit. Sorry. <laughs> Let's not go after Lorna Shaw. Let's not do things we can't I absolutely take. will be dog shit. Fucking just because you can doesn't mean you should. Lordy, I mean, I can. He's doing the face. He's that doing... was just the noise, man. I'm, I'm, the... I'm, 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 the pig vomit face. Yeah, the pig. Hi, Peppa Pig. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell. This one's derailing quickly, isn't it? It Jesus. is. Um, so no, don't. I didn't give a shit about any of that. I didn't really care. Um, I also didn't give a fuck about his like Mr. Miyagi fucking wax on wax off training montage with the subway ghost. He's very good though. High enter- succinct. Yeah, high entertainment. Yeah. But again, other than telling him how to flick a shoe doesn't add a great deal to the story. There's a lot of... Uh, that, and I guess this could, this could actually be the, 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 the Zucker influence. There's a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for here, Bradley? Well, there's, a, there's, there's lots of like family guys and this going on, which yeah. is like, oh, we're just going to cut to some other random <laughs> shit, which doesn't move the story on. Now, Do I'm you remember not... that rude subway ghost that could smash w- windows? Well, yeah. he's going to teach him how to punch men in real life. <laughs> yeah, the one who just turned up. Again, going back to my point of things happening very far apart from each other, <laughs> you, you the subway guy appears like 20 minutes into the film. Hour and a half later, <laughs> he turns up to teach him. Swayze's like, light bulb. Yeah. I know the guy, just yeah. the guy to teach me how to take down these rotten goons. He's back to teaching karate, ghost karate. Oh, the same way that gosh. the old guy in the hospital, when Sam first dies, they're going, 
Oh, well, at least it wasn't the other ones. Well, I'd fucking forgotten about that by the time the demons turned up because it's such oh, a... Oh, I, I hadn't. I hadn't, no. That's because you were waiting. You're like, oh, finally. Fine. Well, I just, you know, I I, I like the idea. Cause the, so the thing is, right, you know, if you asked anyone in the 90s what ghost meant, right, they would say, oh, it's a romantic story of, oh, you know, yeah. two people beyond the grave. You ask someone in 2023 what ghost means, it means the um, the the opposite. People get ghosted all the time. Oh, yeah. oh you, you wouldn't know any that. of that, obviously, because you married the oh, first wow. woman that kissed you. Yeah, smart. It was smart in your yeah. in actually ghost you now. She might ghost you now. Divorce I mean, does exist, Ashley. It can happen. Be the worst thing. What? Oh, a little, bit, to... ah, a little bit of Rodney, a little bit of Rodney Dangerfield. Why not? Oh, I mean, take my talk... wife, please. Oh. <laughs> we're talking about a film which is dated, dated horribly. <laughs> so yeah, might I, mean, not... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Ghost is dated terribly, but no, I just find it interesting it's... that 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 if you spoke to someone in the nineties and said, "What's Ghost mean to you?" They would say, "Oh, the pottery wank off scene," or you know. Love was, beyond the grave. What was your response to the pottery scene, having seen that four billion parodies later? Uh, I just hot shots. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. is is the answer. The only thing I can think of is hot shots. Um, <laughs> anyway, so when it was happening, <laughs> it's, it's, and then that that song as well. I mean, that's hot shots as well. Like it just, um, unfortunately, the parodies have, have ruined any of that to have any kind of emotional connection to me. Because also, and also, because that's obviously their big like romantic sex scene. And it's really early. Really, but then you got to kill him. So yeah. you got to go, and you've got to, you know how can you establish that two people love each other quickly? Probably would have been more effective if they hadn't if they put that in briefly, kept the music away, and then later on in the film, once he's figured out how to touch things up, then have him appear after, and then have the and song. do and that do the ghost pottery rather than the ghost penny because the ghost penny, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. No. Oh, it's an lucky penny. It's, it's an right. Indian one or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Great. But like, yeah, you'd imagine like a phantom ghost wank off. I've always thought, I always thought that he was a ghost when he did that bit. I did as well until I, until I saw it today. I, my brain just assumed. Assumed it in order that it, <laughs> that, it was like a it was way of him. That part. <laughs> no, I thought he was, a, no, he's not a ghost, is he? That's no, just their foreplay. He's very much alive. That's just, just that, that, kinky, was, yeah, that was a bit of pre-bang. Kinky clay people. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, it happens. They're sex people, Lynn. There's sex people in. Um, but yes, uh, did I like it? More than I thought I would. I thought so. But for I'll not necessarily the right reasons. Mainly because I was like, this is so scattershot and mm. so all over the place. And, that, you know, you look at what this man has done in his in his filmography and it is literally all parody films. Uh, a really acerbic black comedy in Ruthless People and... Um, first night yeah. for some reason. Such a weird diversion in his CV. Doesn't make any sense. It's also it's it's such a strange like film for it for the time as well. When when you, when looking back on it through twenty twenty three eyes, it also kind of made me realize what what the fuck is what the fuck was Patrick Swayze? Because you just see him as Mister Roadhouse, and unfortunately, that's. Roadhouse I mean, yeah. tinted glasses. Oh no, well, I don't. I was, he's to me, he's Bodie. He's, he's oh Bodie, yeah, and, and which we will cover next season because I'm deeming that to be a thing since you told us that you've never seen it. I've never seen Boy Break. No, no, horrifying no. to me. Yeah, um, sorry about that. But he, his whole career can be summed up with those four films, and they are like polar opposites to each other. So you've got Dirty Dancing Ghost in the sexy, sexy love, love corner, and then you've got Point Break and Roadhouse in the other, so which are very. 
bro action. Yeah, very bro action. Daft, in a way, daft movies. Mm. Um, And then the rest of his career just seems to flit around and without almost like nailing a a lane for him as such, which was uncommon in this time, this this time period, this 80s to 90s crossover period. Yeah, everyone, you found out what you were... You did a bit of everything to begin with, even Tom Hanks and stuff, you know, like yeah. they all did like a bit of everything and then they were like, oh, well, I'm good at this one, so I'll do this one forever. Because yeah. you imagine like a lot more romantic comedies with Arnie. Oh, Jimmy, I love you, please. <laughs> like, it just... It, Oh, put it there! No, <laughs> you damn scoundrel! And like, also, Sylvester Stallone playing the, the ghost. Oh, Jesus Christ! Let's just not turn this into the worst version of the trip ever. Yeah, yeah, just doing <laughs> um, bad impressions. But I mean, it, yeah, because I've got the the historic context of Ghost, having seen it, like probably around ninety one, ninety two, I would have seen it, like with with family. Um, mm. because it, when you think of like the, the subject matter, some of the events that happened in the film, it's not exactly a family film, but it was kind of when it came out, it really was a an event movie, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of demonstrated in the fact that it's become this cultural touchstone with the uh, the pottery scene. I mean, it's become a musical, but I, I again just going back to Patrick Swayze, the fact that he's had such a strange muted career. And yet, when he passed away, the outpouring of love for him was up there with megastars. And that just goes to show just the impact. And I don't, and you know, as much as I think Point Break is one of the fucking best movies ever, I'm not up my, and I think Roadhouse fucking rules and directly inspired MacGruber, which also fucking rules and is one of the best movies ever. Mm. Uh, I'm not up my own arse enough to think that that's the reason why he's loved. It's not. It's Dirty Dancing and it's Ghost. And that just cemented like a permanent fan base for him. Um, and it, it was only whilst doing the research and, and, and reading up for this episode that I kind of was like, that is strange why he was, he didn't have the CV that I thought he did. Until no. actively have gone to check it. No, because I'm thinking as well, because obviously, you know, I'm pretty good with like, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon knowing what people have done. And outside of those four films and him being a an nonce in Donnie Darko, I well, struggled. There, to... there is a cheat code for, for Kevin Bacon when it comes to Patrick Swayze. The player. The, the outsiders. Oh, that as well. But he's also in the player. That he also is. helps as well. Yeah. Uh, but aside that, it's, you know, it's a lot of, um, it's I mean, a lot like of Black, shit, really. Black Dog, I'm sure we'll cover at some point. <laughs> In, se- in season 70, 74, I'm sure. When, when, we'll we're, when we're really struggling, yeah. when we're at the, we're at the doldrums. We're, like, we're going um, straight to the 11, 11.15 p.m. on Sky Movies. That's the stuff. A um, couple of questions I've got for you. Yeah. Um, do you believe in the afterlife? I don't know. I can't, I, great. Fantastic. <laughs> great content. Done, moving on. Great content. <laughs> um, no, I'm kind of... Uh, I, I take the same approach to the afterlife as I do with aliens, which I think we spoke about last week, where it's just like, I, you know, I, I'm not arrogant to assume there is nothing, but I'm also not massively convinced that there is something. I'm just leaving the door open as such. The red mm. door. Insidious, the red door. Yeah. Because initially I was going to do a Bruno Mars joke there, but you changed it on me last minute so i had to pivot well, yeah. um i'd, I'd like we- to hear the bruno mars one regardless well, it was like can you leave the door open 
Dang, you know the, the thing he did with that other oh, bloke. Yeah, okay. I'm in the dark. That one probably wasn't um, back, wasn't really back doubling back, worth doubling back on. Really, wasn't not really. It? No, no, we could keep going. No. Yeah. Um, so on the hypothetical that the afterlife does exist and uh, you were to die untimely, um, um, would you choose to haunt Jem until she paid attention to you, or do you think you would um, magnanimously sort of descend to hell? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't feel like I deserve to go to hell. I've started, well, no. depends who you ask. Listeners, yeah. poll. Do you think Ash <laughs> deserves to go to hell? Now, I. Oh, oh, it's a tough, tough question because I'd need to know what was waiting for me on the other side. But also, if you know, if I was told you have to stick around and be a poltergeist. That in its own self is kind of a, a little a little slice of heaven for me because nothing makes me laugh more than making people jump, just hiding That's behind true. doors and just jumping out and, and all that shit. Watching yeah. um, dumb stuff on YouTube and things like that of people of people yeah like people jumped. hiding and making them jump and yeah. then uh, people's reactions are always hilariously yeah. funny. Super fucking I, funny. So I was trying to I was trying to really get like an emotional connection out of you like about how you wouldn't be able to leave your wife and child behind. But instead, you've gone. I'd rather just put custard pies in people's faces. Yeah. So it turns uh, out, yes, I would. If the option is to throw. If the pie. option was not to emotionally connect with my son and, ch- and wife, yeah. would be just to, uh, you know, move to Enfield and make people jump. Yeah. Put cling film on the toilet and stuff like that. And, right. And then jump out the, of them at the same time. Famously, famously, what poltergeists do normally? Yeah. Pranks. Not <laughs> just it's just jackass. Well, see, that, that's what we were going to get in the rebooted poltergeist franchise, but. The, the box office it. performance, yeah, they bottled it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have it. They were going to combine Poltergeist and Jackass together. And speaking um, of Bradley, if you were to be murdered, or just or if just, when, if, when uh, there's only so much Lily's going to be able to handle this, um, yeah, or, or just died, either one's mm. fine. Um, in my eyes, either one of them, as long as it results in your demise, is totally fine by me. Sure, yeah. If you could pick any of the outfits that you own right now as the one that you would least like to die in and be stuck in forever because that get up that Sam Wheat has got fucking sucks. Not good, is like, it? It's a bad fit. Bad yeah, bad last fit. What what in fact it doesn't have to be anything going, but what what outfit would you least like to be stuck in in the Well I think so the problem is obviously that I still dress like an eighteen year old boy. So he I does. still wear just jeans and band t shirts or film t shirts and hoodies and you know, so of the embarrassing things that I have in my wardrobe, I have a uh, some like KFC jogging bottoms, which I don't think would be ideal to be wearing. You were so death. proud when you bought those as well. Love, I still do like them. Uh, Lily doesn't. I'm not allowed to wear them <laughs> around. But um, not allowed to wear them when you go and visit her parents or anything like that. Nah, well, you, you got which them. is strange, a bit uptight, yeah. Lily. Yeah, they'd love it. They love a bit of KFC. Ravenous carnivores, them lot. They love it. Um, so it would have to be something like hypothetical that I don't own. And I think the things that I would not like to be sort of perpetually ghosted in uh, would be a wool suit. Ooh, I was thinking like a, like a school uniform. Yeah, maybe. Like blazer. Grey I don't trousers. think anyone could take a ghost in a mankini seriously either. I mean, if anything, you're just... That, that's a good thing to be stuck in. That would be pretty great for the pranks. <laughs> limber. You'd be limber. <laughs> you would. <laughs> You'd have very little wind resistance. 
All I've got to do is uh, go, go meet my mate on the train and he can teach me how to teabag people <laughs> from beyond the grave. Yeah. At the moment, you can teabag them, but they won't feel it. But no, after I'm done just, with you, they will feel it. Yeah. <laughs> they will know balls have been on chin. Um, I mean, I'll come in the same way that it looked like Patrick Swayze did when he passed through the doctor. <laughs> mm. So if, I didn't yeah. like that bit where you could like get, nah. see all the brain and, and stuff. And also, he looked like and he then you see- got off on it. He's like, oh, and then you got to see through the door. And I'm like, I don't need to see MDF and chipboard. I don't need to know. Well, look, look, you that. can't blame Jezza for trying to out Fincher, Fincher, you know, four years in advance. Free Fincher. <laughs> yeah. Free Fincher him. I just, it's, it's, I don't want to know, like, because then you could get a whole new film where he's like a ghost doctor who can like be like, oh, he's got pancreatic cancer. I've seen it. While Unfortunately, uh, that That's film house. does exist. Uh, and we're never going to cover it because it starred Bill Cosby. <laughs> is, it, is it Ghost Dad? Yeah, he was a doctor, Ghost Dad. Right? Yeah, what? And he diagnoses people as a ghost. I've never seen. I've it. never seen it, but I'm just going to assume. That, you yes. just assume that that's what he does. He goes <laughs> yes, along and be like, I'm going to assume absolutely. Wow, put him. Pa- like, I'm not going to do Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted put then. The pudding in the <laughs> there it is. There it is. Okay. I only know the is... only know the Eddie Murphy way of doing it. Right. That's it. So now you're doing a bad parody of Eddie Murphy doing a parody of yeah. Don't do the face. That doesn't help. Um, was so this... was um sorry was Whoopi Goldberg channeling Beverly Hills Cop Eddie Murphy as Oda Mae Brown because I feel like she was and it was great. You're when I mean, you're right to bring us back to her because I did say at the beginning of the episode that she is the greatest thing in Fucking this film. Great, great digression of twenty minutes. <laughs> yes, we really we really have come full circle. She's so good in this and she anchors the film in such a way where she's doing so much of the heavy lifting and she's bringing so much of the levity to it as well. Because, you know, there is a version of this film that is inherently just very depressing and sad. I mean, it's basically The Sixth Sense, um, but not obviously for many reasons not. Um, but she brings such a, a lightness to it and the kind of playfulness. That she makes it look like Patrick Swayze's got a personality, which for me is one of the greatest achievements uh, in cinematic history. Um and I think like her sort of like uh, scamming at the beginning that she's doing, I think is really funny. But then when he sort of like comes into her life, she really comes into her own and kind of anchors the film and the kind of awkwardness of her kind of trying to just like have discussions with Demi Moore and um, kind of like revealing more and more of the sort of intimate details of their relationship. But like reluctantly, so she doesn't want to do it. She's yeah. just really nails that pitch of like the like. she's so put out by the situation but genuinely sort of kind of warms herself you know warms up to the idea of it and kind of embraces it towards the end as we find you know she got fucking ghosts coming out through the block to talk to her and stuff Mm. and this also leads to that really great moment with the nuns not her first encounter not her last encounter with nuns in the 90s no none too shabby indeed uh where she donates uh what was it four million of embezzled money to the nuns very very funny physical performance from her just using her mouth is amazing she's very pained to have to uh (laughs) relinquish that four million also from my perspective though Man, Sam, let her keep some of it. Like, yeah. don't be a fuck. Don't like, I don't mean, be a cock. He didn't want to put her at risk, but then again, the problem with the pacing of the film is that she's with it. She's at risk. She's immediately three and a half risk. minutes later <laughs> when fucking big mouth Demi says, <laughs> "Oh, was it you at the bank? <laughs> no, I saw her at the bank. Uh, stitch up. So intact. Moot point. 
Well, point, I, I, as bad as a, as I think we can agree that Swayze's not great in the film, iconic but not great. Mm. Uh, so I found out today that she wouldn't have been in the film without him, uh, because supposedly they didn't want her at all. As Whoopi Goldberg uh, tells the story, every black actress in Hollywood was up for this role. Everyone wanted it, and she had never heard anything from her agent. And it was for a friend of hers said, "Oh, I went to go and uh, I went to go and audition for this movie. I'm de- everyone wants it. I'm desperate. Such and such was here. Such and such was there." And Whoopi called her agent. She was like, oh, so uh, what's going on with this film? And her agent went, yeah, they don't want you for it. And uh, she didn't know Patrick Swayze, but Swayze, Patrick Swayze asked about Whoopi Goldberg. And they were like, no, we don't want her. And he basically was like, does she want to do it? And they're like, we don't know. We've, we've not even reached out. We don't want her. And he's like, well, ask her. So they ask her. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he calls her and she's like, oh, yeah, I really want to do it, but they don't want me. And he basically turned around and went, I'm not doing it if she's not older me. Fair play. That, I will just not do the movie. And that is the smartest decision he could have made because without her, I can't imagine anyone, you know, as many talented black actresses as there are, there's no one like Whoopi Goldberg. And when she's on one form, which she so often is, there's no, no one could hold a candle to her. She's an, an amazingly great emotive and... Yeah, she... she comedic actor. She captures the very strange tonal shifts she's the only one who's able to who gets it to navigate those shifts yeah because it's tough yeah yeah for sure because you you can tell that jerry's like doesn't necessarily feel 100 percent comfortable just covering a romance or a romance he's got to make it a bit zany there are several several moments where it it does cross into a borderline parody in places yeah. where it just gets so stupid, but it's 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 obviously by design. And again, again, that pacing either lets it go on for too long or doesn't rein it in quick enough. Yeah. Again, I, I hate using the term because it's such a cop out term, but it's just the, the main problem with the film is the pacing is just so out of whack. Yeah, lackadaisical. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, as a first watch, I've certainly first watched a lot of more shit than that so you know yeah it's still a film i I absolutely would recommend to everyone i i still had a great time watching it what's and all yeah yeah i i i I totally get and i watched it as i say today sunday afternoon perfect Perfect. time to do it lily's been in charge of the fucking films today so i had to do practical magic straight after i'm still never seen it, it i've just seen it for the first time we'll never cover it on on an episode i don't get it at all She's not having shots. So she's fine. Yeah, he looked. He looked behind him quickly to see if she was in the doorway. It's a safe space in case she's listening. Is this like right. one of those? Is it one of those films which has a really like fervent fan base, and you don't get it? Like, like I don't get it. Like I was no. looking at the cinema listings to see if there was any like unseen screen unseen or stick coming up, and there's a Britney Spears Crossroads, Crossroads. Live event. And I'm like, what yeah, the fuck. No yeah. one paid attention when it came out. Is there now like a massive nah, fan base? I think it's like an unironic thing, isn't it? Bad I mean, thing. especially after the Bad fucking thing. hell I've seen on the Taylor Swift tour things. Have you seen all the video clips? No, uh, I'm very worried that it's being released at the same time as Killers of the Flower, Killers of the Flower <laughs> Moon. Yeah, those, those, two, those two fan bases are going to collide. I'm, not, I'm just more worried about the leakage. Into the sound from, leakage. From, yeah, the sound leakage is going to be brutal. I mean, it's, it's going like, to be rough. Oh, it's they killed be... my father. Oh, <laughs> Which that, actually, that, actually, was, that, that was trouble. That was, that was trouble. Well, it yeah. didn't come through on my headset. It's good. <laughs> um, 
so this is i believe our penultimate episode it our is. final our season finale which we've already recorded um this is as i say the only episode we've recorded since the you know so retro you know retrospectively since the the seasons actually come out um yeah we've, 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 we've made some friends along the way yeah. um you know it's it's been good um Thank you guys for listening, sticking with us. Um, you some yeah, we take all the comments that you've written to us. Yeah, because we're basically doing the the wrap off of the of the season. Yeah, now. I was going to say basically you've got one more shit show left, and then from season two we've actually got a plan. We got up some plans because we. I'll tell you what, we went in with clear hearts, blue up, crystal eyes. Uh, and not you've a not seen scoop. the show. You don't get to fuck it up like this. <laughs> I can do it. I did it on purpose because I know he fucking loves that show. <laughs> Just to piss him off. Um, but yes, uh, it's been a blast, and I'm really happy that some of you have uh, you know connected with it, and it brings back memories of video stuff. We're going to really lean into more in the video stuff in the next season. Um, and we've got some plans and bits and pieces. You've got some grandiose, weird plans of the people you want to try and get on next season. But best yeah, of luck with that. Fu- one of them's failed already. Well, anyone, yeah, any, anyone know any marine biologists? Right in. Um, spoiler. <laughs> uh, spoiler as to what that could be. Um, but yes, um, if you have enjoyed this, like like always, uh, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a review, give us five stars on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. All of that really helps us get found. Not that we want to follow us. You where, know, you can, can follow, follow us, us? On, on Twitter on uh, XRentalYT. Fuck X. Uh, you can follow me on all my social medias at Had Branson Ash. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Ash Diggs Films or Ashin Thirty Five MM on Letterbox, which I have now officially checked, and that is the name of it. However, right, so again, he's been he's been yeah. saying all sh- kinds of shit for the entire season. Yeah, who gives a shit at this point? No yeah. one's going to follow you. You're I stupid. have no value on Letterbox. No whatsoever. value, not like it, me. It's just like a big Excel spreadsheet for me. Love that for you. Love that for you. Um, but yes, guys, um, we're, pre- we're preemptively saying thank you for listening this season, uh, probably because we didn't remember to record a wrap up on the last episode because we didn't know at the time it was going to be the last episode. So next week, we're proud to say we've got Louise Blaine talking about Titanic, the three hour James Cameron Odyssey epic. And uh, that'll be it until we uh, get our asses in gear and start doing season two. So until that time, be kind. Rewind. With all the enthusiasm and gusto (laughs) that I've come to know over the last 10 episodes.